Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today, and I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you, and without further ado, let's get into the show. 
Um, so I was having this conversation preemptively before I get into this with you this morning with one of my friends. And uh, this was yesterday and we were talking about today. And I told her, yeah, I'm gonna get up at 3.30 in the morning to make sure I'm prepared to go and talk to a bunch of strangers on the East Coast. And she goes, you're crazy. And I said, you don't get it. See, you guys, the one thing about life, about goals is people will always put something on you or around you that says you're not capable or you don't fit into the box or you're thinking like other people should or should not. And so the biggest thing that you always have to understand when you're stepping into life is that you are actually the arbiter of everything that's going to happen next. So I'm really excited to dive into this with you to, to share a little bit of my story, my journey, and talk about goal setting, which is one of my favorite things on planet Earth, because I believe that we are all capable of doing anything. So just wanted to say good morning to everybody. A few of you guys here, Harrison, Nico, Alex, good morning, guys. Richard, Colin, got a couple of Collins. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Alex, EJ, what's up, guys? Ben, Ali, Jonathan, Maddie. So super excited to be here with you guys. Um, you know, I, I'm such a firm believer that if you want to create change in your life, you have to create change in your life. You know, everybody is always waiting for uh, the Disney moment or the magic pill. And as I'm sure you guys understand, like that's just not gonna happen. So you have to step into life and make it happen for you. So I won't go too deep into my story this morning, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of background because I think it's really important that we create context. Um, and when we get to the end of this, there'll be space for you guys to ask any questions that you have for me. Um, so first and foremost, I always like to talk about what is expected today. And the number one thing that I want you guys to take away from today, if you take anything away, is that you have to commit. You have to commit first to the things that you want in your life. There's not going to be a roadmap that's going to lead you to this place where you have every single thing figured out. It just doesn't work that way. Because I don't know about you guys, but every time I like plot out everything, I got this giant ass whiteboard over here. Every time I write everything out, you know, I get stuck. I lose momentum. I get to this place where I'm overthinking everything. And we get to that, you know, analysis paralysis. But I want you to think instead about this idea of can you commit first and then figure out the rest on the way? So today, by the end of this, I want you to think about that one goal that you have, that, that big, huge thing in your life that is so scary that when you write it down, you get goosebumps because that's the thing that we have to aim for. And to be honest with you guys, some of you might be thinking too small. So I want you to think about the biggest thing in your life that you can commit to, that thing that's scary, that's so credible that every time you close your eyes, it gives you goosebumps because that means you're on the right pace. And I want you to commit to that, not to the roadmap, not to the game plan, not to making sure everything is perfect on the way, but to the idea. So a little bit about me. So I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a best-selling author. I'm an international speaker. I'm a coach and I'm an advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma. My background is one that is very much. It feels like a movie at times. So I'm going to dive into this. I'll try not to make your Tuesday morning too heavy, but I want you to understand context. So when I was four years old, my mother, she actually cut off my right index finger. I don't know if you can tell from the video. You see, she was a drug addict and alcoholic. And my stepfather was hyper abusive, like the dude you pray is like never your stepfather. And I spent the majority of my childhood homeless or in poverty. And I remember one time the water company, they came and they actually turned our water off. Like that's how poor we were, guys. I grew up in America and we were so poor, they turned our water off. And I got high for the first time when I was 12 years old, drunk at 13. And by 15, I was expelled from school. I was stealing cars, breaking into houses, running with guns and hurting people. And I was trying to figure out like, what is the solution for poverty? What is the solution for abuse? What is the solution for all the chaos happening in my life. And when I finally graduated high school late, they literally handed me my diploma and they're like, you just got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> and so here I am, I'm 18, 19 years old, trying to figure out like what's next in life. And I knew that I wanted to create a pathway to success that meant doing it legally, 
this was super important because my childhood best friends were getting arrested. My uncle was in prison for life. Most of my family has been in jail. Um, I've been in handcuffs multiple times, but somehow through the grace of God, spirit, universe, whatever you call it, I never got put in. Um, and then I was sitting and I was thinking about the fact that my three childhood best friends had been murdered. And I knew that if I didn't create massive change in my life, I was going to be dead or in jail. And so at 19 years old, I made a decision that I'm going to go and get a job working in corporate America, making six figures by the time that I was 21. Well, lo and behold, by the time that I was 21, I landed a job with a Fortune 10 company making six figures. This is with a high school diploma that was handed to me and no college degree. See, I committed to the idea first and I figured out the rest of the way on the way. Well, you would think that that'd be awesome, like goal achieved, but that just made my life worse. I ended up being 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day and drinking myself to sleep. Because you see the solution for poverty, the solution for not hitting your goals, the solution for coming from a place of being homeless isn't money. Money doesn't actually solve anything. And in fact, you always hear that old adage, like money brings out the worst in people. And that certainly did it for me until I had this moment where I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Michael, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? Because you see, I was living life how other people said I was going to live. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not capable enough. And we all have heard those stories. We've all heard those words from people in our lives who compare us to what they are not capable of. And when I understood that, and when I changed the thought process and the narrative that I had about what I was capable of doing, my life really exploded. And that's why 12 years later, I'm sitting here talking to you guys at 421 in the morning, trying to figure out how we create massive change in our life to reach our goals and ultimately become the hero of our own story. Now, a little bit of quick background on on my work life. This is a shit ton to read. I don't expect you to read it all. But I, I started my first real job at eight years old selling Boy Scout popcorn door to door where you could go and knock on doors when you were a little kid. Those were the first times I was really hitting goals because they'd be like, oh, you guys want to go camping? Well, guess what? You got to go and sell this much stuff. And so there's always like an objective, right? It's really interesting to be a Boy Scout in the hood. <laughs> um, and by the time I was 10, I was literally stealing candy to survive. Like I was going to the corner store around the corner. It was a place called Big Lots. I don't know if they have them on the East Coast, but they have them in the Midwest. And I would steal candy and I'd go sell it in the neighborhood and at school. And we're talking about 100% profit margins, guys. I know you guys are in business is really important. Um, and I, I knew like in my teens selling drugs wasn't going to get me there. And so at 19, I got a real job working for Wendy's. I was in a leadership role as a, what I would consider to be a baby with 52 people under me which is crazy. I was thinking this whole time at 19, I'm like, okay, if I get this job at Wendy's, I can lead people. I can go get a job in corporate America and I can go and make six figures, right? That was kind of the general idea that I had. Next thing you know, I work at this job making this company, they're a Fortune 10 company, over $25 million. The commissions I made were unbelievable. But as I talked about, like that money didn't change my life. And I started my own side business, started two of them simultaneously and drove them to six figures each within a year and a half. And then by the time that I was basically 29, I just had a breakdown. I was like, oh, what is happening in my life? It's chaos. And so I had to pause, remove myself and think about what was next in my life, what was important. And I got really deep into the personal development work, into therapy, into writing down my goals, into creating the life that I wanted but instead on my terms. And my goal wasn't money. My goal wasn't finances. My goal wasn't like fancy cars and nice clothes. I had those things. Instead, I thought I started thinking about impact. And this is a word that I want you guys to think about as you move forward and you think about committing to these huge goals in your life. What is the impact that you want to have? Because I, can, I believe entirely you can always make money. You can go right now and buy a hot dog cart and flip that and make money immediately. You can do that today, but can you make impact today? Can you create to doing something so huge that it leaves a legacy? And think about this. People misconstrue this idea that you can have impact and money. You have to have them simultaneously. There is nothing wrong with making money and impact together. 
so short-sighted to believe that you can't do both. And to be fair, like I love the idea of $50 donations and that matters, but aren't $50 million donations more impactful? When you put yourself in a position to think about impact at scale, you can do anything. And so at 32, I started thinking broken. And this thing started just as me sitting in my living room going up, I have an idea. How can I disrupt the conversation around mental health? How do I disrupt the conversation in personal development? How do I disrupt this idea that people are broken? And for years, I sat in the small one bedroom apartment that I had in a corner of the room, just writing blogs, creating content, not knowing what was next. The only thing that I knew is I wanted to create massive impact. And I knew that in order to do that, I had to start somewhere. I didn't have the roadmap. I didn't have the game plan. I never intended on being a, a coach. I never intended on being a bestseller author or award-winning speaker or traveling the world or speaking in over 80 countries. I only knew one thing. I want to create impact. And so the thing I want you guys to take away right now is shutting out the haters. There are people in your life right now who are holding you back right now. And that's the hardest part about life because we want to create connection with people. We want to come together with people. We want to have community with people. We're a communal species. We want to be a part of something. Think about this. It's Tuesday morning. You guys are together in community trying to create something amazing. And you're going to walk away from this today. And there's going to be somebody in the wings of your life going, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to try to create change in your life, to be rich, to be famous, to create impact, to have a six bedroom house or a Maserati or whatever the hell it is that you want to have. The truth about life is you have the ability and the capability to do anything that you want. But every time that you let those people seep into you with what they are limited by, their beliefs, what they don't believe is capable you're taking that with you. You hear this all the time, like we're the sum total of the five people we spend the most time with. That's so incredibly true because every single day we're taking bits and pieces of information from those people. And the truth is guys, and this is gonna be a hard truth to hear, for some of you, it's your husband or your girlfriend or your brother or your sister or a coworker. It might be your boss. Hell, it might be you. You have to understand something. You can't let people dictate what's next in your life. Because if you do, you'll never reach your goals. Why? Because people are terrified of the idea that they could reach their potential. So the question that you have to ask yourself is, are you going to let people get in your way? And look, there's going to be haters along the way. And they always say, if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. To an extent, I believe that. But some people are afraid to take the first step because of the fear of judgment, the fear of shame, the fear of guilt. And it's understandable. This stuff has been ingrained and embedded in us since we were kids. Think about it. Your teacher, when you were like four years old, told you don't color the moon purple and don't make the house green. And you started thinking limited go, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I got to live inside their box. I got to live inside of what they tell me I'm capable of doing. And then that's reinforced, maybe in your home, maybe in your community, maybe by your friends, maybe on the football team or the cheerleading squad, or maybe even in the realty industry, right? The truth about it is let people say what they have to say, but have unwavering belief in what you believe is possible. And I want you to think about how you think massive, in life. When I'm talking about massive, like your goals, even though it's 3.30, 4.30 in the morning over here, I sat down, I wrote down my goals. I don't know if you guys will be able to see this, but this morning I wrote down, I will help 250 million people before the day I die. My goal at the end of the day is to end generational trauma in our lifetime and to empower people to be the hero of their own story. When I started this though, the goal was can I write a blog? Can I help 25 people? Can I help 250 people? Can I write a book? Can I start a podcast? And all of these little small incremental things. And then I started thinking about, well, 
if I can help 25 people, why can't I help 250 million? And why can't I create impact at a way that creates a scale of change that ends something that impacts the world of so many people around the planet? And when I started thinking massive, I shifted my focus. That's the same way I worked for some major Fortune 500 brands like Coca-Cola, United Healthcare, and unbelievable number of small businesses in branding and marketing and social strategy. Because I just started with the idea that I could. And I kept thinking bigger and bigger and bigger. Even right now, your goal might be too small. And I want to challenge you guys to think about the idea that you could 10x or even 100x that goal into something so big that you're actually creating legacy. What I'm always thinking about is on the day that I die, on the day that I die, will the work that I do today live longer than me? Can I plant seeds? Can I grow trees? Can I create forests that outlive me? Because that's how you create massive change in your life. And it's not monetary. You can chase money all day. And I think many of us have. And eventually you kind of run out of steam with that. But when you're chasing impact and you're saying, I'm going to sell so much real estate that I'm going to be able to pay for all the school lunches of all the kids in the inner city for the next 10 years, like that's massive. I'm going to be able to afford my mom's surgery. I'm going to be able to go on that trip and rescue a child who's in sex trafficking. I'm going to be able to do these huge things. Like that's massive. Like money always plays a role. Like don't get it twisted because it's, it's the structure for the society that we live in worldwide. Money is an exchange everywhere that you go. But more importantly than that is what you do now and what happens in your future. Now, you have to be obsessed with this. And when I talk about obsessed, and this is where people get lost on this. And so I want to be very clear because I want to give you something that you're going to take away with you today. Being obsessed is not a bad thing. Think about it. I started this conversation telling you about the conversation that I had yesterday with my friend. She goes, you're crazy. You're getting up at 3.30 in the morning to go talk to a bunch of strangers on the East Coast. Yep. Why? Because I'm obsessed with the idea that we can create massive impact together. I'm obsessed with the idea that through my words and this presentation today and this community, we can help you be the hero of your own story in whatever capacity that means. And because of that, expansion happens. And by proxy, you impact your community, you impact your neighborhood, you impact your world. And we start to create change together. So when I'm thinking about obsessed and you hear these words, I'm going to raise my hand. You guys raise your hand if anyone's ever called you a workaholic, right? There, I, yeah, exactly. That's fucking nonsense, man. That's nonsense. Being a workaholic when you are trying to create change is not a bad thing. As long as you're not sacrificing the people around you, as long as you're not sacrificing yourself. I don't think there's anything wrong with working 60, 70, 80 hours a week when you're driven for something big. That's power. That's how you start to make momentum. That's how you start to create a change in your life. And so when people tell you you're workaholic or you're this or you're that, again, you got to wave that off because the goal, the goal has to be bigger than the naysayers. Right. So if you're a workaholic, just make sure of this. This is what I always tell people. I'm not a workaholic because when I want a day off, I'm taking a day off, like no questions asked. But you have to ask when you're in this process, because a lot of people will take time off without have actually done anything in that day. Right. That procrastination that we all have. So I always ask myself, am I taking care of myself or am I taking it easy on myself? Because there are two different things. And if you want to reach your goals in life, you're going to have to ask that question and you're going to have to get really concise on the answer. And in this journey, I want you to think about celebrating micro wins. Like even today, you guys are here this morning. That's a micro win. Celebrate that. Good job. I showed up on time. You closed a deal. Good job. I handled business. You did the thing that you said that you were going to do. Like there is nothing wrong with giving yourself accolades and admiration. And in fact, I would argue that we're probably not doing it enough. And so every single day you have the opportunity when you're, because I know you guys are writing down goals. I know you guys are writing them down every day. I know you guys are doing big things. But as you move towards that, as you check something off the list, as you scratch something off that list, can you celebrate a micro win and just congratulate yourself? 
build yourself up to this place where you go, you know what? I did a good job today. I took care of myself today. I took care of my family, my neighborhood, my community, my city, my world today. I did a good job because celebrating micro wins is so important because not very often do we get to build our self-esteem by having a reflection of the things that we've done. We're always looking for these huge macro victories where we've done these incredibly daunting tasks, which those are to be celebrated, don't get me wrong, but on the journey, can you celebrate the little things? Like every single day, ask yourself, am I celebrating the little wins? Am I building myself up as I walk down this path so that I can have the strength and fortitude and more importantly, the resilience so that when I face huge adversity, which you guys know you will, as, as much as I know that the sun will rise this morning, because it has not risen yet here on the West Coast, I know that we will face adversity. And when you have built yourself up with a series of micro wins, you now have more resilience to be able to handle when that adversity comes. Instead of shutting down, instead of retreating, instead of falling back, you can leverage the things that you have done to say, you know what, I can handle what's in front of me right now. I feel like I have the fortitude to step forward. And through doing that, one of the things that starts to happen is you start to trust your gut more. You start to trust your intuition more. And this is really important because intuition is everything. Intuition is everything in decision-making. I want you guys to write this down because this is so incredibly important. Intuition is everything in decision-making. But coming back to what I talked about with the making the house when you're a little kid, when you're little, you follow your intuition and you color the, the moon purple and you try to do that thing that feels right for you. And you do that as a teenager and you do that in college and you do that in your first job until the world keeps raining down on you that you're doing it wrong or you're not doing it the way that they're supposed to. And we stop following our gut. When you follow your gut and when you follow your intuition, you're never wrong. But it's hard to do that when you're conflicted because you don't have a history basis to understand the decision-making process when doing it on your terms. So this is why micro wins are so incredibly important because the more that you can trust yourself, I'm going to say that again, the more that you trust yourself, the more success you will have in life. The more that you trust yourself, the more success that you'll have in life. But the only way you trust yourself is by what? Trusting yourself. And so it's this rinse and repeat that just starts by creating these small micro wins every day by reinforcing your ability that you're capable of doing great things. And I want you to think about, about failure. This is one of my favorite quotes. And, and you guys hear this all the time from Nelson Mandela. I never lose. I either win or I learn. See, the thing that I, I believe people miss out on this quote is that the fact that failure, failure is just simply data. Failure is simply the ability to understand something that has not gone according to plan that you need to course correct. Or even within the phrase of execution, you look at and go, that didn't work out. Failure stops people dead in their tracks so often. If I had a magic pill that I could give people to create change in their life, it would be this. Failure is data. Can you look at what has happened in the course of the process to identify what didn't land right? And then take that information, course correct, and keep going. The problem is most people, when they get that information, they don't course correct, and instead they just stop. And they go, I didn't work. Guys, the truth is the plans that you have, the life you want to create, the businesses you want to grow, the deals you want to close, the communities you want to build, the networking you want to have, all the things are always going to take longer to do than you think. And failure is so important here when you understand that it's a data point, because it may be the 37th thing that you try that becomes the solution. How many of you have ever had to try something more than once to make it work, right? Everybody. Here's what you have to think about, guys. Leverage that understanding. The first time you rode a bike, 
you had assistance, you had training wheels or somebody holding the seat. But the next time you got on without the training wheels and nobody helping you, you probably fell down. I'm going to guess you probably did. Most of us did. And if you didn't, that's amazing. We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. But in that falling down, the thing that you learned was, oh, okay, actually I have to pedal a little bit faster because if I don't, then I'm going to tip over because I don't have enough momentum moving forward to carry the weight of me and the bike. And so you fall down three or four times. And then 20 years later, it's like riding a bike, as the old adage goes, you get on and you just keep going forward because now you have the data to help you understand how to manipulate the problem, right? The problem is I'm going to fall off the damn bike if I don't go fast enough. You've done it enough now that you know how to ride the bike. And so what I want you to think about is leveraging, leveraging points of data that we also call failure to use those as the pathway to create what's next. Because it may be that 37th thing that you need to try, but you stopped at 36. When you're obsessed with your massive goal, you're not going to stop. When you're obsessed with trying to create the life that you want to have, you're not going to stop. You guys are in this room right now because you've already decided, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to do what it takes to create the life that I want to have. And so because of that, when you hit a break point, which you will, and failure happens, don't let it stop you, but instead step back from it, assess it, look at it for opportunity, right? Look at failure for opportunity. Look at the data as a chance to understand something and then keep moving forward. And as you're moving forward, I want you to think about this idea of momentum because momentum is everything in business. Momentum is everything in life. You have to have the ability to get the ball rolling. And then once it's rolling, to keep it rolling. And, and creating momentum is about the force that you're putting into the world. Now, this doesn't mean you have to go and work nonstop and not take breaks and not take care of yourself. No, but this leverages this idea of the micro wins because those micro wins, they start to create momentum and, and failure will actually stop you dead in your tracks, right? And so if we understand that no matter what, we keep going forward, we create momentum. That's how we start to hit our goals. Because see, people think that hitting a goal is about hitting that target and then going, I, I did it next. But there's always a lead up. There's always things that you have to do along the road. Like think about it, even being in this room, I had to set the alarm. I had to get up, had to get dressed, had to brush my teeth, had to have coffee, had to turn on the lights, had to sit down in front of the camera, had to turn on the camera, had to blah, 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 all the things. All the things led to this moment. And so there are certain things along that way that will get in your way. So keeping momentum, continuing to go forward is how you start to create massive change. And I think about life like this. Everything starts with what we think, because what we think becomes what we speak, what we speak becomes our actions, and our actions become our reality. And I think about this entire process of everything that we do, the same way I think about a pendulum or a swing set, right? And so up here, we kind of start with thought. This is where we are, we're contemplating or we're pre-contemplating what we're capable of doing. And we think about it long enough, because think about this. So often we don't make immediate decisions. We sit and think about things for a while. We let them ruminate so we can wrap our head around it. But what I'm always thinking about is how do we trait thought into action immediately? And so what we begin with is what we think. 
you have to tell yourself, I am capable enough. I can do this. I can succeed. You have to believe in yourself. And people always say that. And then you'll walk away with nothing practical. And you're like, well, how the hell do I believe in myself? You go and look in the mirror and you tell yourself, I am strong enough. I am capable enough. I do love myself. Because that's the difference between success and failure. Because what you think becomes what you speak and what you speak becomes your actions and your actions become your reality. So if you tell yourself you are capable, then on a long enough timeline through your actions, you will be capable. So you start here at thought and then thought turns into action and then action turns into self-actualization or reality right? How many times have you done something in your life? That's huge. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe that I just did that. But it started with this thought and then it transformed into action and then it came to pass. And sometimes it takes months and sometimes it takes years to make that happen. And then I think about this idea right after momentum about when you're in scale, when you're growing, when this pendulum is swinging and you kind of get to the apex here on this side of self-actualization or reality, suddenly you're looking at your life and your life is like amazing. Like, oh, wow, I started doing all the things. It's really starting to work out, but I still feel like there's more. What I think about is creating centrifugal force. And what that means is putting enough momentum behind all the things that are happening in our lives that we go from this place over here of self-actualization or reality to go all the way back over to thought. But now the thought is bigger. Now the thought is more, more grand. Now the thought is scary, right? Because we're reinforcing the ability that we have to create these things by going through effectively this loop time and time and time again, where every single day I'm thinking about is going through this loop with centrifugal force. Because if I can take a thought put action behind it and make it come my life, then I can keep doing that again and again and again, but it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every single time that we do it. And the way that it gets bigger is by reinforcing everything that we're talking about, being obsessed, celebrating the micro wins, looking at failure as data and creating momentum. Because what I'm always thinking about is, <laughs> and this is kind of my nerdy side, but I'm always thinking about escape velocity. If, if I were on a spaceship, how much speed would I have to have to exit the atmosphere to go to another planet? And that's what I want you guys to think about. Can you create so much impact and change in your own life that you're like on another planet, that you look back down here at this life six months from now, 12 months from now, two years from now, and you go, man, I'm so glad I stopped thinking so small and I started shooting for the next universe. And in that the, the biggest thing is thinking about mindset. People talk about mindset all day long. They talk about the habits. They talk about controlling your schedule. They talk about data and becoming a learner. And I talk about that stuff too. Why? Because it matters. And, and I believe that mindset is 99% of business. Like I think mindset is everything. When, when I work with Fortune 500 companies, when I work with entrepreneurs, when I work with small business owners, the first thing that I, I always ask them is how do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about yourself? Because this thing that exists within us about limiting self-beliefs, about this shadow side of ourself that doesn't want us to succeed, about all the things in our life that want to pull us back, that's a part of us. And people want to hide from it. People want to run from it. People want to stuff that part of them down and make it go away. But guys, you know, it's not going to go away. It's still going to be there. And it's going to creak its little head right at the worst time. This happens every single time. And so I argue, instead of trying to make it go away, can we have a conversation with that voice? Can we build ourselves back up? Because the truth is a, a very similar, excuse me, a singular situation that happened to you when you were 12 or 14 or 20 could be the thing holding you back because someone told you you're not capable of making the big play or you're not going to close the deal, or that one mistake, guys, let go. Let go of that one mistake that you've been carrying for the last 25 years. Let go of that shit that's blocking you, because it's not serving you. What I always ask myself when it comes to the words in my head is what is serving me? What is really bringing power to my life today? Life is very binary, meaning yes or no. Life is very binary. And there's space for gray area. I will never argue that. 
but the, for the majority of life, there isn't. And particularly there is not in the way that you talk to yourself. And the way that you talk to yourself is everything. Very binary, yes or no. And the first thing that I want you to think about in the way that you talk to yourself is this. It's the catalyst, it's the precedent, it's the everything. Some of you guys are saying shit to yourself right now that would get you punched in the face or arrested. I want you to think about that. I know it's funny. I know it's like this thing we can laugh at, but I really want you to think about this. You're saying shit to yourself right now that would get you punched in the face or arrested. And you're wondering why you're not reaching your goals. And you're wondering why you're not succeeding. And you're wondering why life isn't going to the next level. Everything starts with the way we talk to ourselves. And I want you guys to write this down. It's very simple. This is a catalyst for everything that's next for you. This is the most, like, honestly, this is the most important thing that I can give you. All this other bullshit doesn't matter. Setting goals, creating goals. You guys got the worksheet I did, all that stuff. The number one thing, and I want you to write this down, is I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. That might be hard for some of you to write. That might be hard to even think about. But I am the kind of person that is kind to myself. You have to eliminate that anger that you have for yourself. You have to eliminate the frustration that you have with yourself. You have to eliminate this idea that every time you make a mistake, you call yourself stupid or dumb or worse. That's not serving you. That is not a micro win. That is not momentum. That is not centrifugal force. That is a barrier. Because what you think becomes what you speak. What you speak becomes your action and your action become your reality. So be kind to yourself because it matters. And it's not just something I say for the sake of saying it. I've seen it play and take shape in my own life that has led me to incredible things, to winning huge stages, to having conversations like this today, to having a number one best-selling book, to writing on, to, 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 to speaking on 80 countries around the world. It started because I put myself in a position to say, I will be kind to myself today. The world already doesn't want you to succeed. The world is already against you. We already know that there are people hating on you. So why are you going to hate on yourself? And I know that's difficult. And I know that's the hardest part of this whole journey because I went through it myself. But that's, that's something I want you to take into consideration. Can you be kind today? Can you be kind today to you? And I want you to think about this. And I love that you guys are in this room right now because having coaches matter, having community matters. I've been fortunate enough to have mentors by some of the, the, the greatest entrepreneurs on planet earth. But when I first started, none of these people would give me access to them. And so I want you to think about how you always can put yourself in a position to be successful, whether it's through a book or through a podcast or through mentorship or through whatever. I've had the benefit of working with Tom Billion, Brandon Dawson and Gary Vaynerchuk and Stormy Wellington and Grant Cardone and Anthony Trucks, right? But I'm just a kid from the hood. I was this homeless little boy from the hood that no one ever expected to do anything. And I'll tell you this, I'm not special. And I don't know anything that you guys don't know. It's just that I'm obsessed with creating the life that I want to have. So guys, that's, that's what I wanted to share with you this morning. I hope you took a ton of value from it. I know we're going to have a little space for some Q&A here. I might have went a little longer than we had initially intended, so that's my bad. I get long-winded sometimes, um, but I want to use this time to answer and dive into any questions that you have. If you want to find out more from me, um, you can check out thinkunbrokenbusiness.com, and I'm on all the social medias as Michael Unbroken. So thank you guys for this opportunity. I'm really excited to chat with you here. Thank you, Michael. Let's open it up to uh, to questions from the group. That was that was incredible. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, my friend. I appreciate being here with you guys this morning. Hey, hey, Michael. I have a question. Um, this is EJ Schneider. I'm a real estate attorney in Boston. EJ, um, what's up, brother? Good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks for getting up extra early. So, um, how, how do you think about? So, we spend a lot of time on on micro wins. We had read a book a couple of years ago as a group called Atomic Habits, and it talked about um, aggregated marginal improvement and I think something like that. And basically, you know, compounding wins, right? A bunch of small wins adds up to, you know, hopefully the end goal. And even if you're short of the end goal, it's still a win. Um, 
you know, kind of because of the journey and the process? Or how do you balance that versus think massive? Because one thing that we do try to focus on is not putting down, you know, a goal that's, you know, um, like I want to make X amount of money this year. Well, like, and that may not be massive to you, but I guess my point is we try to focus on the small wins along the way and the habits that get us there. And I think we spend a little less time about thinking massive. Yeah, totally. I follow what, what I'm always thinking about. And, and that's a great question. What I'm always thinking about is that huge goal, that massive goal, that's a marker, right? So if, if you're on the highway, you're driving from, you know, Boston to, to Miami, you need markers along the way, you know, and I look at those as the micro wins and, and that big goal, like that's the destination ultimately, right? So I, I look at mine and I go, all right, I want to end generational trauma and impact the world to this place where everyone can be the, become the hero of their own story. Like that is the, like, that's the destination. The, the markers, the micro wins along the way, those are conversations like this this morning, EJ. So I'm, I'm always focused on the overarching, call it theme of my life and what I'm trying to achieve while moving towards that with momentum every single day. So it's not that the only thing I'm focused on is that thing up there. That's not what I mean by be obsessed. What I mean by that is do all the things to achieve that, right? So whatever that thing is that you're obsessed with, like that becomes... Um, that, that basically becomes the destination. That's your, you know, your end goal in Google Maps. But along the way, it's, it's all those micro wins that get you there. Because here's what happens when, when the goal is, and I hate to say this, but it's true. When the goal is too small and we hit breakpoints of failure, we quit. We quit. So when you, even a monetary goal, we'll write down, I want to make $1.5 million this year. So you'll write that down. You'll be like, that's a huge number. And then you'll, you'll see like, oh, I'm actually probably only going to make 750 you go, okay, I'll settle. It was a good year. Whereas I go, actually, I'm going to make the goal 500 million. And then I'm going to be okay if I make 1.5, right? So I measure those markers just bigger because then as I'm moving forward and I hit those break points of failure, I don't reduce the goal, right? Because people will always want to reduce the goal. And they'll be like, well, you know, we'll sit down as a team. We'll come together as a board. We'll go numbers are off. We're not bringing in the revenue we thought we were going to bring. We're not closing the deals we thought we were going to close. COVID happened, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll just, we'll lower it. We'll lower it. I don't ever lower it. In fact, I always make it bigger because if I make it bigger, then it drives me forward because then I always surpass that goal that was underneath it, right? So, but along the way of that, again, it's really about can you celebrate those micro wins to continue to have the forward momentum? Because when those breakpoints happen, that's when people stop. And that's what I think gets lost in this conversation about goals so often. That's why I start talking with it about being obsessed because I don't want you to stop. I don't want you to stop till you hit the marker. And in fact, that marker is probably too damn small. So it might need to be bigger. Does that, does that help? Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. A great question. I've got a I've got a question, Michael. So yeah. I want to just go back to you know sort of when you were in high school or a teenager, and you know you were surrounded by you know a lot of adversity, and you know I'm really I believe that you know true behavior change is identity change, and you know how you feel about yourself, and and you mentioned that you know about looking in the mirror and the words that you say to yourself, you know how as a teenager surrounded by all of that adversity were you able to shift your identity and like where did that start and then how did you do that yeah i'm incredibly stubborn um so i i think that's actually one of the inherited traits that i have is um while it is a good and a bad thing, it's definitely a good thing now, whereas it used to be a hindrance. It used to be, I looked at it as a character flaw and not something that was an attribute. And when I was a kid, I was just trying to survive. Like I didn't have my head wrapped around anything other than don't die today. Right. And so because of that, I was just trying, we're a communal species. I was just trying to fit into what a, whatever community I needed to fit into for survival. And so whether it was hanging out with the stoners or the athletes and the jocks or the nerdy kids, like I lived a lot of different lives as a teenager because I was just trying to figure it out. But inside of me, there was, for lack of a better term, I, I had an understanding I had an understanding with myself that I was supposed to be doing something greater than the pathway that was in front of me. 
and call that God spirit universe. I don't know exactly what it is, but I just started listening to that. I'll tell you a quick story. So my, my best friend comes over to my house and we were supposed to go up um, to the suburbs to buy cocaine because we were going to chop it up and we we're going to flip it and make some money. And he comes to my house this night. I'm, I'm 17 years old. He knocks on the door and my gut, my intuition, this thing I was talking to you guys about earlier said, do not go with him tonight. And you got to think this is my best friend. We've been doing this. We've done this so many times, man. And I was just like, don't go tonight. And I, I told him and he was like, you're letting me down. It was the first time he'd ever said that. We've been best friends since we were 11 years old. And um, I went back in the house and he left. And normally we'd see each other that night or the next morning and I don't. And his mom comes over to my house and she's like, B got arrested last night, coming back from the suburbs with cocaine. And see, what's really phenomenal about that is I was safe because I followed my gut. And what's really bad about that is that he went to jail. And if I would have been in that car because I was of age in Indiana, I would not be talking to you guys right now. There's no way I would still be in jail. Like Indiana has one of the hardest minimum mandatory sentences in the country. And so I followed my gut. I followed the intuition and I was stubborn in that moment. He literally begged me dude, come on, you got to come with me, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, my gut told me do not get in the car that night. And so because of that, because I listened to myself, guys, you got to listen to yourself, trust, trust that you're making the right choice for yourself, because it's everything. Thank you. Hey, hey Michael, this is uh, Zach from Providence. How's it going? Zach, what's up, my man? I'm amazing. Excited to be here with you guys today. Awesome. Awesome. So quick question. I think a lot about when it comes to success, um, life paths, I think a lot of the nature versus nurture conversation and a mm -hmm. lot of the books that I've been reading, my favorite book so far is um, Goggins book, um, David Goggins book, which is unbelievable. And it talks a lot about adversity. So my question is, do you think that if you had a different upbringing that your life would have taken the same path? I don't think about it. And I don't think about it because I like, it's immeasurable, right? And I mean, for the context of, of this conversation, the answer would be no. And the reason why I believe that it would be no is because, you know, I wouldn't have had to struggle so much. I wouldn't have had to fight so hard. I wouldn't have had to figure out how to survive the streets and cold winter nights with no electricity and stealing food for survival and building this incredible amount of resilience. Um, I think that there's a very high likelihood had I had a different life, had I had good parents, had I had, you know, social su support and structure and went to a good school and all that stuff. I would have went to Duke Law School, I'd be a litigator, I'd drive a $500,000 car, and I'd be, you know, a, a judge on some bench somewhere. Because when I was a kid, that's what I want to do. I was like, I'm gonna go to Duke Law School and become a judge. And, um, and that might have been what happened. And my life might be mundane and boring. And my life might not be creating impact right now. And I might settle all the time. And I might just be okay with good enough being good enough. And so I've, to be honest with you, I've never actually entertained that question for myself. So no one's ever asked me that question. So I love that you did. And, and the answer is no, I don't, I don't think I would be in this situation or this scenario had I not gone through the adversity. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't try to fight it anymore. When I was younger, I try to fight it and go, man, I can't believe this happened to me. I blame the world. This is everybody else's fault. And, and then one day I just sat with it and I go, it doesn't matter. You can't change the past. The only thing you have control of is this moment and what you do and your actions and your intentions. And so, you know, that's kind of the leverage point for how I think about life. I mean, if I sat, and I love your question because I think so many people sit, mm, I love this. So many people sit and they dwell on it and they go, well, if my mom would have done this or my dad would have done that, or my teacher would have said this or the football coach would have put me in the game out of one state coach, right? You know, that whole thing, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we don't get to change the past. We don't have time machines. We can't go back and make things different. Dude, I can't change five seconds ago, right? And people are obsessed with what could have been. I'm only obsessed with what can be. So I hope that that answers your question. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, 
Michael, hi, uh, Alex here from Boston. Um, thanks so much for sharing your story. It's very impactful. Uh, you know, it's coming from that amount of adversity, getting to where you are is, is very impressive. Uh, I especially like measuring the impact. I focus on that myself. Uh, a lot of, I do a lot of philanthropic work. But my question to you revolves around work-life balance. So you mentioned, you know, <laughs> nothing wrong with being a workaholic. I mean, I've seen that take a really bad turn with family oh, and friends, you know, people who are several times divorced, people whose children don't talk to them, they've got a bunch of money, but they're all alone, right? Yeah. What do you do to create work-life balance? What is it that gives you the signal that, hey, I got to take a day off? I heard you mention it, but uh, are there specific markers that you look for and do you have, uh, you know, self-care routine, stuff like that? Yeah, Alex, great question, man. Uh, and thanks for being here this morning. Um, so I think people often get caught up in this workaholism because they're not operating from a place of their values. And so without operating from a place of values and without having intention, this is a very, very important word, intention about the way that you're showing up in your day-to-day -day life, then you will let everything else go by the wayside. And and I have a very strict rule in my life. I don't sacrifice the people in my life for anything. And I have a word that I use called it's important. And I give people this word and I say, if it is important, if this matters to you, if this thing is happening, I will be there no matter what period. Now it cannot be abused and it's only for a select few, but when they use that word, I will, if somebody, if somebody in my circle texts me right now, Michael, it's important. I need you. I would hang up on this call so fast. It'd blow your mind. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I would get on a plane. I would go to wherever they were. I'd cancel my day. I'd reschedule everything because it was important. And so that's where people miss out the opportunity on is communication. But that all funnels through my value system, right? My value system says I'm honest and kind and a leader and self-actualized. And so my intention and in everything that I do is creating this change, but I'm not going to sacrifice myself and I'm not going to sacrifice my people. The other part of your question was, what are the markers for knowing, you know, do I need self-care? I just listen to myself. I just ask myself, this comes to what I said earlier, am I taking it easy on myself or I'm taking care of myself? Dude, because I am the biggest fucking procrastinator you will ever meet in your life. I would much rather right now be playing video games and chilling than doing anything else on planet Earth. But how does that serve me? What is the intent behind that? How does that create change in my life? And so, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in that place of, and especially in personal development right now, everyone is like, no, it's fine. Take care of yourself. Yes, take care of yourself, but ask yourself, am I taking care of myself or am I taking it easy on myself? Because these are two very, very, very different things. And when you get honest with yourself, when you get honest with yourself, you'll know the truth of that answer because it's, you know, procrastination is, is right there. It's waiting for you at all, all times. It's just waiting for you to go. I'm going to take it easy today. I had a hard day yesterday. I walked around the block, you know, I'm exhausted and I go, okay, do I need the day off? And if I do, I'm going to take it. And if I'm just being a procrastinator, I'm going to say, get your ass in gear and get to work. So I think you just got to like really get clear about that. And then the last part of your question was my habits. I'm very habit driven. Um, I'm very, very, very type A. And so every day starts the same. I wake up, I stretch, I drink water, I meditate, I write in this journal, I sit down and write, like type on my computer because I'm a writer. I'm a writer first, so I'm always writing. I go to the gym, get a workout in, and then I get into my day. And then throughout the course of the day, at some point, you know, I, I intermittent fast, so I don't eat until noon. I eat the same, I eat the same thing literally every day. Um, and then by seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, I just kind of play the evening by ear um, because depending on what's going on, I'll just kind of transition to my evening. So healthy food, lots of water, try to keep the alcohol low, work out every day, um, take your vitamins. It's basically the Hulk Hogan lifestyle, man. <laughs> so I hope that helps. Awesome. Well, well, thank you, Michael. If, if does anybody have one more question before before we break? I know we're we're usually pretty good on time, so I don't want to I don't want to keep Michael for too much longer. But um, anyone have anything else? 
I'll, uh, I'll jump in really quick. So a lot of this group, you know, we're kind of natural leaders, developing more leadership, developing more of that presence. Uh, how have you become more comfortable with the spotlight being on you? That's a, that's a great question, man. I love that. Nobody's actually ever asked me that before, Andrew. Um, so a big part of it came because I was in leadership very young. I mean, having 52 people under me at 18 years old, um, that's a lot of pressure. Um, and I made every mistake that you could possibly make as a kid being in that position. And then here's the thing that that happened along this journey. I've hired and led over 500 people in my various careers. Think Unbroken has a team of eight people right now. My, my e-commerce business has 32. My other business has almost 10. You know, even right now, I still have 50 people under me. And I'm on these stages. I'm talking all the time. I'm on podcasts. I'm doing all these things all the time. The thing that I've discovered that has been the leverage point in my leadership is that this isn't about me. None of this is about Michael. And, and that's become really practical for me because it forces me to understand that I'm actually only a catalyst in this. I'll give you a perfect example. So in April, um, Grant Cardone, if you guys are familiar, which I'm sure you are because you're in real estate, um, Grant Cardone actually invested $10,000 into Think Unbroken. And I had to do a, a public speaking in front of 10,000 people in a competition to win that money. And if I would have made that about Michael, I don't think I would have won. And I'm sorry, I'm talking about myself in the third person, but I, I'm trying to make a point here. When I got on stage, before I walked, before there was 10,000 people and Grant Cardone and Brandon Dawson and Pete Vargas and, and all these guys in front of me who are heavy hitters, like that, that moment, like literally created momentum that has changed my life in this incredible way, just in four months. And as I was getting ready to step on stage, I had to remind myself, this isn't about me. And I said the name Dom, David, Tyler, and Tierra. Those are my siblings. Those are the people who grew up in that house with me. Those are the people that ultimately I do this for. And I thought about all of my clients. And I thought about all the people who have bought my book. And I thought about all the people who listen to the podcast. And I thought about all the people who were to come. And I removed myself from, for lack of a better term, the ego of it all. And I said, this isn't about me. I'm here to be of service. And so when you leverage this idea and understanding, and it's got to be true for you, I'm not telling you to make it up if it doesn't make sense. But when you leverage this understanding that you are simply a catalyst and that as a leader, it is your job to just push things forward, to not take the credit, but to always take the heat, right? Which is a part of leadership. Then stepping out in front in public I mean, to me, I just go, it's not about me. And so it'd be, I felt morally obligated. I feel morally obligated to show up to wear the Think Unbroken t-shirt everywhere, all the time, to the point where people are like, do you own other t-shirts? I'm like, yeah, I got nine of them, right? And that's because it's about the mission. That's because it's about empowering people to create massive change in their life. Because it's about empowering people to end generational trauma. Because my goal, my goal is not about me. I could go and make money. I could go work only in the corporate sector and I'd make $500,000 a year working for any company with my experience. But I would much rather make it by living life authentically in a way that is about being of service by stepping up in front of people and talking about things that people are scared to talk about. Because at the end of the day, if a little kid doesn't have to go through what I went through, it's worth all of it. And so that's what I think about anytime that I step into the arena. It's just not about me, Andrew. Awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on this morning. There were so many good nuggets in there and, you know, we're all, you know, so grateful to have you on. So thanks again. If you guys want to reach out to Michael, what's the best way to do that, Michael? Yeah. You guys can check me out at thinkunbrokenbusiness.com. Um, and then also I'm on Instagram everywhere at, or all the social media at Michael Unbroken. So, and thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me spend part of your, your day with you and, and be a part of your life today. Um, it matters to me. I want to see people be successful. I want to see people win. I want to see people go big so we can create these massive lives um, and be unbroken, my friends. I'll see you soon. 
Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that on Broken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 